Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Okay, guys, everybody ready? Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. Sure, I sure am. I just listened to you guys chatter. Well, we're glad to be chattering with you. We just chatter. You like magpies. With Bob. You guys might not know this, but I consider myself a bit of a loner. I tend to think of myself as a one-man wolf pack. And Sherry. She's strong-willed, and I respect that. And now, from the Palatial Bob and Sherry Studios, it's... Bob and Sherry. Oh, you guys, everybody. I, I try really hard to start every single day by not being surprised by anything in my newsfeed. Because would you not agree that basically, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago, um, ev- the world reality broke and, and everything just started getting stranger and stranger. And y- if you're still surprised by it, like you're going to die of, of stress, right? Like every day brings some new strange thing. Some of it I love, like, oh, the Pentagon admits, hell, those are UFOs. We don't know what they are. I love that. Some of it I don't love so much. Like, I wasn't crazy about Will Smith going upside Chris Rock's head. But today, oh, yeah. today um, I woke up to something new that just gave me, like, what? What? The actor Steven Seagal. Do you all remember the actor Steven Seagal? He's sure. not a very good actor, but he had, I think it was probably, was it the 90s where he enjoyed like peak fame and movie success? Is that, yeah. is I that hate to era? say it, but he was kind of a knockoff Rambo. You know, you, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Right. He was, he was a great value brand Rambo. Well, mm-hmm. um, he's just received a dazzling award that you may not know of. He hmm. has been awarded the Friendship Award. By Vladimir Putin. Um, and that award, <laughs> that award, yeah, that award recognizes people who Putin considers to have contributed to bettering international relations. Um, and in case you're wondering, what has Steven Seagal done? Well, he supported Putin's invasion of the Ukraine, of Ukraine. Yeah. Is um, he back American? In 20- is, is Steven he Seagal? Has joint, in- he has joint citizenship, American and Russian citizenship. Back in 2014, when Russia annexed Crimea, Steven Seagal was like, you go, Vladimir Putin. And then last year, he went to um, a town in Ukraine where dozens of Ukrainian POWs um, were reportedly killed in an attack by Russia. And he went there to show his support for um, Vladimir Putin's invasion. And of all the weird plot twists, did not anticipate this one. How about you? Um, no, I, I read something about this, and I thought that I'd misread it. N- number one, I, I couldn't figure out who was covering him because I haven't heard of him in years and years. And the other thing is the idea of having a dual citizenship that is, you know, both American and Russian. I have never heard of. I've never known of anyone who. I mean, what is what is that? You, you support a murderer, but with a red solo cup? I, I, I don't understand what the, uh, what the I deal is. Why... I don't know why or, or how he has dual citizenship. Dual citizenship, sh- 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 dual citizenship is not an easy thing to get necessarily. 
right? No. It's not easy no. to hold two passports. And I would think having a dual Russian and U.S. citizenship would be maybe one of the trickier things. The only thing harder might be North Korea. But yeah, he does. And not only is he a dual Russian-American citizen and just a real giant canned ham of an actor, he was named a few years ago as a Russian Foreign Ministry Humanitarian Envoy to the U.S. and Japan. So he's That's a spy. That's a spy, by the way. He's Team Russia. And I don't even, I can't even tell you the last time he was in a movie. Anybody have any idea the last time Steven Seagal showed up in a movie? The the whole uh, dual citizenship thing has has always interested me because it's like, well, let me get this straight. Like, things are going good at both countries. So you're going to be a dual citizen. But if things go bad at one country, can you just jump over and say, oh, no, I'm with them? You know, I I have a friend of mine. I haven't seen him in a long time. And he has a Canadian-American dual citizenship. And I don't know exactly how he got it, but I do know as a Canadian, he came to the United States with his parents. And when he graduated from high school, he became uh, a U.S. soldier. He served uh, in the U.S. military and then became a dual citizen. So for a while, I always thought, oh, okay, so maybe that's how you do it. But I, I don't even think you obviously... You don't have to do that. You can well, uh, just declare, I guess. When Olivia was little, um, she had a friend whose dad worked in some sort of like high-level banking. You know that we the only thing about banking we barely understand are bank tellers. So he was in some kind of really high-level banking job. And his bank transferred him to London for a couple of years. So the whole family mm-hmm. moves to London. And that's where their daughter was born, who ended up going to kindergarten with Olivia And because she was born in the UK, she had double citizenship. She had UK citizenship and she had American citizenship. And there were some things that her parents had to do to make that happen and to maintain it. And they did it because they said if she ever wanted to go back, because they were back in the US by the time she was two or three years old. But if she ever wanted to go back to England to go to college or to get a job or whatever, it would be easier because she had double citizenship. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but that that's the only that's the only literally the only person that I've ever known who had two passports. Now, how Steven Seagal is an American citizen and a truly ghastly uh, actor and a Russian envoy. I don't know. So his grandparents were Jewish Russian immigrants. So that's the connection. Um, OK. <clears throat> and then. Um, well, so th- well, half of New York City has the same background. Yeah, how did he get double citizenship? <laughs> uh, something you may not know is he released an album called Songs from the Crystal Cave. Please tell me that we can listen. Yeah, go on, go find a better man. Not that one. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Russians can have them. Because I'm super thankful we don't have to play this. Well, he's got from uh, what I've seen in uh, uh, polls, he's got about 7% of America that would be uh, okay with him. About 7%. Did this, did this album, Max, experience any success? I, not that I can tell. No. I so. Tell me again what it's called. It is called Songs from the Crystal Cave. I think the Crystal Cave is that hamburger joint. They must have a special <laughs> thing or something. Yeah. 
Well, congratulations, Steven Seagal, on receiving your friendship award from murderous psychopathic dictator Vladimir Putin. We've got morons in the news coming up. Comedian Isabel Hagen, the People's Movie Critic, says he's going to pop by. He is so excited to be reviewing Cocaine Bear this Friday, he can barely contain himself. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. Mary and I are thinking of this summer, uh, toward the end of the summer, going to Italy. Uh, she has a friend who has a place there and contacts uh, who can help us with travel and all. And I've been saving points on a credit card for like 15 years. I, th- I think I'm just going to blow them. So we're, we're thinking about it. And I was, uh, because of that, I was on a travel uh, website and they said things to be aware of when you're in a foreign country. So if you are traveling uh, this coming summer, you may want to uh, be aware of a few of these things. Here's the first one. The post was Ireland here. Even if you are the love child of Van Morrison and Saoirse Ronan, please do not call yourself Irish unless you were born in Ireland. You are not Irish. I'm looking at you, American tourists, and you know, I bet, I bet we do that a lot. Like, I have a little Irish blood, and I swear, maybe if I had a pint too many, I might turn to the guy in the pub and say, you know, I'm Irish. No, no, you're not. You are not Irish. You are an American. Uh, Germany, be there on time, the time you told me, or I will be very pissed off. England, thank the bus driver for the journey when you leave at your stop. That's so British, isn't it? I mean, that is just so British. And it's a nice thing. I do that if I'm uh, going to like the Avis Hertz area and the guy's driving from the terminal. You know, it's one of those deals. I always thank them. Uh, Northern Ireland, do not bring up religion or Scottish football teams in a pub unless you are looking for a fight. Yeah, I bet so. Um, next one. England, checking in. Always cue. Never push. This morning, since the tubes are down because of strikes, there were people actually queuing for queues in tents. And a queue, of course, is a line. Uh, In Australia, swim between the flags that are posted by the lifeguards or you will die. Well, that's very direct. That is very very dramatic. (laughs) Yeah, I know it. Norway, do not sit next to someone on the bus if you can avoid it. Never talk to strangers. England, always moan about the weather. It's never just right. You are either too hot, too cold, too wet, too dull, too windy, whatever. Um, See if you agree with this. This is America speaking. If you cut somebody off in traffic, give a little wave. It makes everything okay. I swear I could have a head-on collision at their fault, but if I wave afterwards, I feel bad that I called them a whatever I call them. Do you think that's true? If you cut somebody off, you really terrible maneuver in America. If the person just waves and it kind of admits that they've done something wrong. I think it's a 50, 50 bet depending on. I who think, you yeah. Call. I think it's totally up for grabs. Um, always take off your shoes when visiting an Estonian. They may not, might not say anything, but you will feel their disapproval. Southern Italy, always eat offered food. If visiting, Always accept to have coffee bought. Don't be scared of physical contact. People will touch you, hug you, kiss you. Offer to buy coffee. Always talk to people in line, in the bus, at the bank, at the post office. 
I know that sounds like a lot, but if you have Italian friends, it is true. I have very, I'm not going to mention their name, but uh, very close friends who are from Southern Italy. And I, I was dating someone who did not have a big appetite and they invited us over for uh, dinner. And of course, dinner was like four different courses. There were pastas. She ate very little. And they they got me aside and they said, what's wrong with this one? And that's what they called her, this one. What's wrong with this one over here? Oh, no, she's just, you know, you know, she's just particular, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I ever got them together again. They were so offended. Uh, Trinidad, you better say good morning, good afternoon, good evening when you enter public transportation vehicles. Sweden, checking in. Respect personal space. And Canada... Do not call us your hat. Do not kid that we're going to become your 51st state. We love you. You are our bestie, but we kind of want to do our own thing. Yeah. I've never heard the, the term uh, Canada was the U.S. hat. Have you ever I've heard? never heard that either. I can't imagine that? saying that. <laughs> oh, you're from Canada? Oh, you're oh, my yeah. hat. You're my hat. (laughs) It's Bob and Sherry and straight ahead. Morons in the news. Bob and Sherry. Here we go. It's Bob and Sherry. The craziest. Moronic. Asinine. With morons in the news. This is from Taney County, Missouri. A driver learned the hard way that life cannot always imitate art. And I use art very loosely. Authorities in Missouri say... A vintage car used in the iconic Dukes of Hazard television show crashed and was totaled. The driver and the passenger were taken to a local hospital. They are going to survive. Here's the police quote. After an investigation on the scene, it was determined the driver of the vehicle was traveling too fast for the road conditions, totally lost control of the vehicle he was operating, and crashed the car. So it is... The General Lee. Now, it's not the only General Lee car, but it's got the rebel flag on the roof. It's got the O1 on the sides, and it's that orange-red color. Dukes of Hazard for younger uh, people listening. Television action comedy show that ran from 1979 to 1985. And it was uh, centered around the lives of two male and one female cousins and their escapades in rural Georgia. Their getaway car dubbed the General Lee also became a star of the show. Hundreds were used in the show's original taping, and more than two dozen were made for the 2005 remake. I didn't know that they had that many of them. And evidently, yeah, I guess a few of them were not banged up too badly, and so they were put on the auction block. This guy, whoever crashed it, bought it. I bet it was not cheap. And now it's worth nothing. It's completely totaled. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Yeah. If that isn't a Dukes of Hazard ending to that story, it sure I just is. Don't know what is. Let's go to today's moron of the day, Shannon Hunter, forty-four. She uh, she wanted to game a court-ordered urinalysis drug test, so she got an old pill bottle and she filled it up with a mix of tap water and soda. And um, court records don't specifically name the soda, but I'm looking at it. And I'm here to tell y'all it's Mountain Dew. Sister put, <laughs> sister put some Mountain Dew in a Well, there's bottle. no way you'll pass them. You'll, oh, you're so definitely perfect. not passing that test. And I just, 
I just have to say, Shannon, it tastes like but it's not. Yeah. So a court order drug test is going to get you. Um, the scheme, uh, which involved her concealing the pill container inside herself, and I'll let your imagination go wild. Oh, my goodness. Was detected by probation officials who are sadly all too familiar with the old hiding the yeah. container inside yeah. oneself's yeah. Yeah. trick. Yeah. Usually they said that when that happens, the product inside the container will be synthetic urine, which you can purchase online or urine donated to you by a friend. But you know, that jumped out at me. Hold hold on. That jumped out at me. She used Mountain Dew and whatever. That means none of her friend, none of her friends are clean. Or she she didn't want to bother anybody. You know, maybe she's a people pleaser. So they yeah. read her her rights, and then she admitted that it was just some soda and some tap water. And and they did say, now you know that you were not going to be able to pass that drug test. But this is the problem, you know. Uh, hey, they have free same-day shipping for this synthetic urine. <laughs> I'm just looking at this. And Sherry, by the way, you'll back me up on this. If I should die, the people... I'll, don't think I, I have a lot of explaining to do about your internet search history. Uh, I'm probably going to be in a yeah. I'm going to be How in much? a windowless room for about a day. Three I'm ounces searching. is thirty nine ninety five. Yeah. Well, and Mountain Dew is like what a buck in the vending there machine. You go. So buck twenty five. You know so what? There you to, go, produ- to produce that that synthetic urine is probably about a penny, and uh, they're charging thirty nine ninety five. But people who are desperate because they, they want that job or whatever, they'll pay anything, right? They'll pay anything. I remember my first um, TV job. In order to get hired, you had to pass a drug screen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I did. I mean, it was no big deal. They came into the bathroom with me. And I'm like, this is a small market TV station, not the FBI. What is up with all the surveillance? I had to take a urine test to work for this show. Right? Did you really? Yes. Back way hey, back that, in the day. Hey, that yeah. was before Sherry and I bought it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> now when we, now when we test your urine and it comes up clean, we're worried. Like, yeah, right. How you doing this sober? Anyway, that is morons in the news for today. Straight ahead, why you do not want to wish to be taller. Plus, comedian Isabel Hagen. We got the People's Movie Critic popping by. He is so psyched about Cocaine Bear. That's what he's reviewing on Friday. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Boy, when I read this, I broke out into a cold sweat. I was like, that is my father. They just did a study and they found that people who are short and unhappy about it. So you're you're short and you're really, you don't just want to be taller, but you're angry that you're not taller. Mm-hmm. These people are far more likely to exhibit psychopathy, narcissism, and Machiavellianism. Really? Shorter people, especially those who want to be taller and are angry about their height, are more likely to be confrontational, aggressive, and hungry for power. And can, ooh, I, can I jump? That can sounded I jump like in there my daddy. Let me let me jump in there for a second. I am not a tall person, and I have to say that you know, over the years, uh, there were moments where I definitely would like to have been taller. Whether I'm reaching for something or maybe it was something athletic or whatever, I, it would have been easier to be taller. 
But it was never really a big deal for me. It was never a big deal. I never had a problem, you know, dating girls or anything like that. And I just, for those of you guys out there who are who are short, or even women for that matter, but especially guys, I read this article the other day, and it's really too long to get into. But the bottom line was, if you are short, the likelihood of your living longer is uh, greatly enhanced because uh, the body just does not have to work as hard, evidently, as uh, very tall people. So it doesn't mean you're going to, you know, you know, croak early if you are tall, not by any stretch of the imagination. But evidently, um, the odds are in your favor if you're shorter. So there's good news. Don't get mad. You know, embrace the good news there, right? Well, and I mean, I wouldn't you rather be a little bit on the short side than a power crazed narcissistic psychopath? Yes, of course. Look I know that's somebody, a tough Sam. choice. I know that's a tough choice for some folks. Yeah, really. Like, just whatever height you are, you're good. You're good. You don't need to be a murderer. You can't change it. Right. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast. On the free Bob and Sherry app. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Isabel Hagen. I think about my appearance a lot. There's this actress named Greta Gerwig, and she's pretty well known. She's in a lot of movies, and people come up to me a lot, and they're like, hey, does anyone ever tell you you look like Greta Gerwig? And I'm like, no. No one ever tells me I look like her. They just ask me if other people tell me I look like her. It's like everyone's afraid to just say it. <laughs> Why? What's the worst that could happen if you just said it? You're like, hey, you look like Greta Gerwig. I'm like, no, I don't. They're like, I should have checked. <laughs> I'm so stupid. She doesn't look like Greta Gerwig. <laughs> no one believes in themselves anymore, right? But I love my family. love my mom. I have a brother. He's great. Uh, I went to my brother's college graduation a little while back, and that was nice. At the ceremony, they had a guy there translating everything into sign language, which was great, except my brother was graduating from a music school. So there could have been like deaf family members in the audience, of course, but some of the speeches at a music school graduation just get kind of awkward to sign. The speaker is addressing the class, he's like, music is the highest form of art. Without music, life would be meaningless. <laughs> the poor guy signs just like, uh, don't worry about it. I, <laughs> he changes it. He's like, paintings are the highest form of art. It's paintings. <laughs> 
eventually he's just like, this guy, you know. <laughs> I went to music school for college as well. I went to Juilliard. I played the viola. And, uh, yeah. If you don't know what a viola is, I'll tell you, it's like a violin, but a little bigger and nobody cares. Uh, they're like, what's the difference? I'm like, well, actually, they're like, we're sorry, we asked. We don't want to, no. But I like telling people I went to Juilliard because they act impressed. And then I act modest. And I love that. They're like, whoa, Juilliard, I'm like, ah. And then they're like, wow, humble and talented. I'm like, yes. I am perfect. It's annoying when sometimes someone hasn't heard of Juilliard. Because then I just have to politely explain to them that it's a big deal. They're like, oh, what's Juilliard? I'm like, ah, oh, it's just, you know, one of the best, uh, music schools. They're like, oh, music? My niece plays violin. I'm like, yeah, she wouldn't get in. <laughs> that is Isabel Hagen, and we will post that right now at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. Come fly with me. Let's float down to Peru. I don't know if you're like but when I fly, I kind of like it when the pilot or the flight attendants have a little bit of a sense of humor, you know, with their announcements. I mean, I'm not looking for Dane Cook to be up there. Actually, I'm not looking for Dane Cook to be on stage. But um, a little bit of humor, I think, is nice if it's well done. I was flying into Maui, which is called the Valley Isle in Hawaii. And uh, the pilot came on and he said, ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoy this trip from Los Angeles. Uh, every day, it's the same thing as we come in for a landing because of the winds. The plane is going to do a little hulu, hulu, hula. The plane is going to do a little hula. And, of course, it went back and forth, and everybody was calm about that. I have a collection of funny things said by flight attendants and pilots. And here we go. Please remain seated until the plane is parked at the gate. At no time in history has a passenger beaten a plane to the gate. So please don't even try pilot as the cabin lights are dimmed. The lights are dim, and you are all getting sleepy. Very, very sleepy. Oh, that you would You don't crack me need off. any assistance from your cabin crew. Sleep now. <clears throat> this is from a flight attendant. Please make sure to take all your belongings with you. Anything left behind will be distributed evenly among the flight attendants. Please do not leave children or your spouse. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to share some words with you that my father shared with me on my 18th birthday. Pack your bags and get out. I would like, I'd like to hear that one. <laughs> Pilot said, I've just been informed that my mother-in-law has just passed security and will be shortly boarding this flight using one of my crew passes. If you all sit down fast, we should be able to get out of here before she arrives. It's a mother-in-law joke. Folks, we'll be arriving early today because we found a shortcut. I, I love this one. I mean, it's an old sort of joke, but it works given the circumstance. Hi, I'm Captain Amanda Smith. Yes, I'm a female pilot. And as a benefit, if we get lost on the way, I won't be afraid to stop and ask for directions. I think that probably would get a little bit of a laugh. 
After a plane taxi for a long time, if you look to your right, that was the terminal we left an hour ago. I hope you enjoyed your tour of the airport. We should be leaving <laughs> shortly. I was on that flight, I think. Yeah. For those of you wondering about the weather at our destination, Honolulu is reporting sunny skies and temperatures of 86 degrees. Unfortunately, our destination is Nome, Alaska, which is reporting 27 degrees below zero and blowing snow. Um, <laughs> welcome to Orlando. The safest part of your journey is now over. Uh, when exiting the plane, please watch out for the low overhead door. If you forget, please watch your language. Uh, pilot comes on. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, that was a rough one. But since you all survived, we expect you to keep all those promises you just made. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a special announcement today to make. Ben, my co-pilot, has just gone to use the in-flight potty for the first time in his flying career. When he comes out, please give him a nice round of applause. Oh, that would have been that must have been oh, hilarious. That must have been just something. Um, this next one is the co-pilot. We'll be landing as soon as we get closer to the ground. LOL. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please refrain from smoking until you reach a designated smoking area, which for California is Las Vegas. <laughs> this, is, this one is from um, a Delta crew. We are now going to dim the lights for takeoff. If you are scared of the dark or that the boogeyman will get you, please don't worry. The boogeyman only flies with American Airlines. <laughs> As the plane is taxiing to the gate, we are currently recruiting people to clean the aircraft. If you wish to volunteer, then please stand before we have come to a complete stop. That's clever. You know, that's kind of clever. As we taxi out, we'd like those passengers sitting on the right side of the aircraft to press their faces against the window. We'd like to remind those on other airlines what a full plane looks like. Whoa, that, that's pretty good. Wow. This one is a bit jarring. This aircraft is equipped to land on water once. I don't want to hear that. No, I don't want to hear from that. Coming from the flight I don't deck. want to hear that. Uh, and finally, please notice that we are 10 minutes early. So the next time we are two or three hours late, we'll just call it even. And there it is. Happy flying in the friendly skies, folks. This is Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Lamar is with us, and he is going to review a movie next week. Uh, I asked Sherry, do you know if Lamar is going to look at this movie? I saw the previews to this movie, and my jaw dropped. I thought Hollywood, I thought they've hit the bottom of the barrel, but evidently not. You probably folks have seen the ads for this thing, Cocaine Bear. And evidently, from what I can gather from the previews, it's about a bear that gets a hold of a lot of cocaine and goes out of its freaking mind. Based on a people. true story. Are you kidding no, me? No, this is, it based, is. It's based, based on, on a true story. Loosely. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. It's like all movies that are say. based on a true story. Yeah. Right. There's some truth right. to it. <laughs> you know who directs it? 
Elizabeth Banks. Yep. She's the director. Is she in it? Yeah, she's the director. And I'm telling you, listen, when I saw the title, Cocaine Bear, I said, this is a must see. It's just like snakes on a plane. When it's it, called I, Cocaine exactly Bear and you yes. don't go see it, you're an idiot. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a bear. Oh, cocaine. I mean, it's, oh, no, no. I and am not I seeing Liz- this. Elizabeth Banks I'm going mean, to. I'll see almost anything Elizabeth Banks. Are you saying she's not on screen? She's just directing? No, she's just a director, yeah. She's the director. But there's some big time stars in there. I mean, Ray Liotta. Uh, yeah. What's his, his name from? Uh, last movie. Uh, yeah, his that last was his movie. last. Yeah. Margot Martindale. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Oh, she's a great. Yeah, uh, well, you didn't watch yeah. Justified. She's She's been in a million she, things. You'd know her. Oh, the Hannah Montana mm-hmm. movie. She played yeah. um, Hannah, Monta- Hannah Montana's grandma. She's a character actor who is brilliant, and you've seen her in everything. You just aren't connecting the names. She's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, scared, I just love know. the Hannah Montana movies, so I'm surprised I didn't remember. So her. good. Um, <laughs> when when you when you said Snakes on a Plane, I, I was ready to jump in on that. If I was the producer of Snakes on a Plane and I hear about Cocaine Bear, I'm going, "Hey guys, hey guys, we're off the hook. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're off the hook." <laughs> I just cannot wait. I, I, I cannot wait. I, I really cannot. And the previews, look, it's either, the previews are funny to me. It's either going to suck or it's going to be hilarious. It can go either way. I mean, it really. I agree. Can, it, can, I agree. Yeah. it needs Depending to be short because there's not a lot you can yeah. do with the barrel on cocaine. Really not. Right. Really not. So, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. <laughs> the one guy that's in that is the guy that we interviewed who did all those funny little videos about working at Ikea. And, and he is, uh, so when they, when they arrive at the cabin, he is one of the ambulance drivers that's in it. And so oh, he's, he's, he's been posting little outtakes and whatnot from uh, his time working on that movie. And uh, it looks why, why, why did they need why did they need an ambulance driver in a movie called Cocaine Bear? Well, because after the bear rampages <laughs> through, people need an ambulance. I mean, that, <laughs> now being facetious. Yes. <laughs> I had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're going to do that next week, huh? Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait. Lamar, I want to get your input on something that we uh, recently talked about. I had a small plate that was about women. What is the uh, one thing that 50% of all women in the survey did? And it was ask another woman where she got those shoes or about hmm. those shoes. And we were talking about that that is kind of a female thing. Sherry said that she's done it. I maybe have asked a guy once where he got a jacket or something like that, but I don't remember going up to very many, if any men, saying, boy, I just love those pants, and I would love to have a pair of pants like that. Where'd you get those pants? Have you ever done that with a guy, asked about something that they're wearing or a a hairstyle or something like that with another man? Constantly. Constantly. I mean... Get how am I here. supposed to, I mean, I don't care where, I don't have to know them. I mean, I don't, I, in fact, it's better if I don't know them because if I know them, I don't want to be doing the same thing they're doing. But if I'm somewhere, like if I'm standing in line at a bank or if I'm at an airport or whatever, and I see somebody that's got some cool shoes or some badass pants or a really cool shirt that I've never seen before, I will walk up and I will say, man, I love that shirt. 
you don't mind, can you tell me where you got it? Now, is he going to be mad? No, he's not going to be mad. He's had a random stranger walk up to him and say, I like your shirt. Hey, he's not mad, and he's happy to tell me. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even hesitate. Why would you hesitate on that? I I don't know. I mean, it's I just don't picture myself doing that a lot. Now, if I walked up to him and said, man, that is a crappy-looking shirt, where did you get that? Because I want to avoid no, that place like the place. No, no, eh, you're never going to do that. I can see where you might that. be ticked off about that. You, but you I mean, never yeah. do that. No, you know, no, you know no, speaking, no. speaking of clothing, you know what I saw in the, uh, in the airport the other day? This dude was walking through the airport with uh, sandals, flip-flops. He also mm. had on plaid pajama bottoms and mm. another plaid over, uh, car coat, mm. like just uh, below his hips. Two major different plaids and flip-flops. I, I just thought, what has happened to American men? that you would show up publicly wearing that stuff. And I know, I know I've been gnawing on this bone for a while, but buddy, if you're going to wear your PJs, get a matching top or, or wear, I, I wear something I white. Disagree. I, I can't, I can't, I can't disagree with you on that, but it's the cat's out of the bag. Now nah, there's no rules. There's nothing. Oh yeah. There, there, there's no, no, no you're right about anything. You, 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 you just, you know, no, no. And you can see anything in an airport. Any, yeah, I understand you want to be comfortable. I understand you want to be comfortable, but now come right. on. Right. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No, I, I can't. It, I can't. It, it, at least make the top match or work, right? Two, yeah. two You've plaids. come a long way, mister. You've come a long you way. Mean? You really? used to just condemn men that showed up at the airport in flip-flops and pajama pants. And now you're all you're asking is, sir, can your bottoms match your top? You See, have Bob, that's not progress. No, that's not progress. That, that means I've I've given up on, on part of America. That, that's what I'm that, saying, that, Bob. You're not holding yeah. the line. See, this is the problem. When you yeah. don't hold the line, when you go from no pajamas to can they yeah. at least match? No, yeah. you're not holding the line. Well, you're there's not. You're digressing. I'm not getting that much backup holding the line either. The the others, <laughs> the pajama, uh, p- the pajama troops are overwhelming me right now. I need some more backup. All right. Well, there it is. Uh, Cocaine Bear. We will look forward to that. This is Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats. The book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much more much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store, conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. I keep meaning to talk to you about this, Bob, and we keep getting distracted, but what did you think about the news that Liam Neeson was offered James Bond and turned it down? He told, he talked about it. He was interviewed in Rolling Stone. And he said that the producer of the James Bond movies, Barbara Bacoli, kept reaching out to him in the 90s. Come on, 007. I mean, Liam Neeson, at the time that this was happening, had just been nominated for an Oscar in his for his part in the movie Schindler's List, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, they'd been looking at actors, and, and here comes the opportunity to play James Bond. And at the time, his wife, Natasha Richardson, who passed away tragically in that skiing accident. Mm -hmm. Um, She was alive and they were engaged. They weren't yet married. 
And she said to him, Liam, I want to tell you something. If you play James Bond, we are not getting married. And Liam Neeson said, I loved her much more than I loved James Bond. So I never even took a meeting. I, I thought it was an interesting story. I couldn't tell how much she was teasing because if you read on in that story, she was saying, there is no way that I'm going to be sitting here while you're off in some glamorous location because the, all the James Bond movies are either in seemingly the Bahamas or uh, you know, in castles in Europe. Uh, there's no way you're going to go off to one of these glamorous locations with these beautiful women for about six months. And I don't know That's if she a- was kidding or, or not. That's exactly what she said, and he never even took a meeting. So I'm going to go with, he thought she was pretty serious about it, and he wanted to be. He wanted to be married to Natasha Richardson more than he wanted to be James Bond. He would have been a great James Bond. Is is he British? What is is his nationality? He's He's Irish. Irish. Okay. Yeah. Close enough, I guess. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would have been great. Uh, boy, you talk about a strong-looking face. Yeah, yeah. I could see him, and he's a good enough actor to envelop himself in that character. Oh, he would have been a great James Bond, but you know what? Yeah. He was an even better husband. Right. That's why we love him. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. If you'd like to be on the Bob and Sherry show, you can go to 844-52-SHERRY and leave a message or get your Bob and Sherry app. You'll see a little microphone. Hit that and send a message. So we had this guy, Gary. We played this earlier. I'll play it again because there's a response to this guy's talk back. Okay. Bob and Sherry? This is Gary here. I just heard your comments about feeding your husband lentil kale squash soup and trying to call it chili. I think that that is the same as you going to a bar and ordering a glass of wine and them giving you non-alcoholic wine and trying to say, no, 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 it's the same thing. I've had this fight with my wife for 35 years, chili is meat, no beans. Chili two ways is meat and beans. Chili three ways adds onions. Chili four ways adds cheese. And chili five ways adds spaghetti. I think that's a reasonable definition. Uh, be prepared for retribution from your husband. Okay. That is a reasonable description. Uh, a long one. 
Uh, I, I, I'm taking notes, so I get my chilies. This is a serious chili man. So what was the response? So here's the response. I just downloaded the Bob and Sherry app just so I can leave this message. I think Gary needs to learn the difference between chili and a sloppy joe. I mean, really, you think opening a can of manwich is, is, is like having a bowl of chili? Get alive, Gary. Wow, fellas. <laughs> this guy went to the trouble of downloading the app just so he could say, get a life, Gary. But you know what? That's the he's, kind of listener we want. A, he's not wrong. Like, I was also confused. Like, how is chili just meat? What? Isn't that just a bowl of meat? How is that? chili so I'm i feel you. no but i mean if it I has spices defended. in it you know and i could see i'm with gary on this i really am i mean i know it's overly detailed and i don't eat chili that much he's got five different versions and by the way i would not add spaghetti to it Ew, yuck I mean, that's bolognese oh, that, no that's it? delicious no that's cincinnati chili chili mac really oh no that's so good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but don't doesn't knock it until you pop doesn't chili have beans Normally, I would think it has it has beef. It has beef. I mean, the, the deal with his his wife trying for all these. And by the way, thirty five years she's on this. That woman will not give up. How do you go out it. to a restaurant with her? Um, <laughs> no. How do they make a choice? For me, it's beans and some sort of meat and spices. That's that's chili to me. Listen, Gary told me that I could expect retribution from my husband. Oh, let me. Let me just pretend to be terrified while he cooks dinner for a change. Oh, right. oh, Kevin, what are you punishing me with tonight? <laughs> Let me throw cheese on it, too. I think it's beans and uh, ground beef, obviously spices and a little cheese on the top. Does that not sound like chili we, we most most of us know? I, You know, I, I was just trying to keep the man alive for a minute longer, but I won't make that mistake again. Kevin, here is a slab of raw beef fat and a beer. Now you go be happy in the garage as God so intended. I'm just just trying to put a few vegetables in some things. I don't have kids to feed any, you know, at home for the most part to feed anymore. And and Kevin actually complained. He complained about me on happy hour last week. He was like, oh, I'm married to a woman who wants to cook dinner every night. Oh, you poor man. Oh, you poor man. I hope I hope someone out there who sees your suffering and your terrible plight starts a GoFundMe so that you can have a crystal burger instead of a cooked meal. What, what What's the uh, recipe that you make uh, for him that's chili-based? Well, usually I make real chili, but I do put – I have to admit I put black – I like black beans. I like turkey and black bean chili. This uh-huh. time I made turkey chili, which I told him was beef because he can't tell. It's and, ground you know, meat. he lives a little bit longer. Yeah, it's ground yeah, turkey. Right. You don't know. But he's right. going to listen to this on his way to the dentist or something and then make a new list of grievances that he's been tricked. <laughs> oh, my God. It's exhausting. Anyway, I made it with um, ground meat and lentils and black beans. And I chopped up some zucchini and squash in there and some other things and then a handful of chopped up kale. And you'd have thought it, it's an international incident, obviously. Well, I think where you went wrong was the the squash. Uh, what was it? Squash, kale, and the what kale. was the other one? Lentils. Yeah. No lentils. I think you could get away with with yeah, him. I'm with but you. But once you hit squash and kale, 
that's not chilly anymore. I'm sorry. I, I kind of agree with him on that. But I love how this guy doesn't – he doesn't react to that at all. He's just worried about right. the fact that Gary's eating chili without beans. I think Gary needs to learn the difference between chili and a sloppy joe. I mean, really, you think opening a can of manwich is, is, is like having a bowl of chili? Oh. Get alive, Gary. Oh, oh. It's the manwich thing that really got him. It's the manwich that took Gary down. That was so insulting. Yeah. You know what, you guys? Max, save all of this in case the DA needs it as evidence. It. Yeah. Okay? Because Gary, yeah. Gary and my man here are going to go, they're going to go down over what the definition of chili versus a sloppy joe is. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. It's time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. Interesting stories from around the world and, of course, the USA. Manners are not as good as they used to be, say 63% of people who were asked. Just not as good as they used to be. I think that's probably true. It's sad, but I do think it's true. You know where I, I, this was on a TV show, so don't bust me on this, but I was watching a rerun of The Sopranos the other night. And so it's a TV show, and, and this episode, you know, it was probably over 10 years ago that it came out. But it's the episode where Meadow, the daughter, is in college. She has a boyfriend in college. And Meadow's mother, Tony's wife, Camilla, goes to bring her some stuff, her laundry and some other things. Knocks on the door of the dorm. Meadow and the uh, boyfriend are sitting on the bed, up upright. There, there's nothing going on. They're, they're studying. And in comes Mrs. Soprano. The guy just stays there and nods to her. Does not get up off the bed, uh, you know, to acknowledge that, an, you know, uh, a mother has come in. Does not go over to shake her hand or anything at all. He just sits there and looks at her. And I thought, that is the rudest thing. And I don't think that would have happened uh, in our grandparents' generation. I don't think matters are as... I mean, people will say anything to you these days, you know? Um, yeah, we don't, we don't have any. We don't have any matters at all anymore. Well, I mean... We... <laughs> people... 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 Um, everything is um, uh, like posting a comment online. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. A woman yeah. said to me, a woman said to me over the weekend, she goes, girl, I love you, but you know, they sell hair dye at the drugstore. And I said, girl, <laughs> I know it's right next to where they sell the manners. <laughs> <laughs> and she got salty with me. <laughs> I was like, she oh, got salty no. with you after your yeah. comment. Yeah. yeah. How could that be? Listen, I mean, she's... Because this your is choice, America. You know? This is America 2023. Here's yeah. the thing. You can say anything you please. You are free to say it, but you're not free from the consequences of having said it. Yeah, that's Free true. to say it, not free right. from the consequences. All right, our next play here. Waking up next to a loved one with them smiling at us is the thing most likely to make our day. Right after that, finding money we thought we lost and somebody giving us a fresh cup of coffee or a stranger smiling or saying hello. But no, but the number one thing is waking up next to someone you love and they smile at you. And the most popular, t- what's, what do you think the most popular time for most people to wake up is? 
Um, eight o'clock. You know, it's seven thirty, so you're close. I thought maybe seven thirty was a um, was a little bit early too. If if you you know didn't have to work that day, but uh, it is seven thirty. Uh, casual dress codes at work are here to stay. An analysis of job ads found eighty percent of those mentioning attire say they had a relaxed attitude. Engineering, teaching, customer services, and IT are the sectors most likely to allow jeans instead of suits. Yeah, I don't see it going back. I don't see it going back with ties. I had to go to a lawyer's office a few years ago, and I walked in. All of the attorneys and all of their support staff, nobody had a tie on. So I, I think we're done with the whole thing. I, I'm watching Alex Murdoch testify in his own defense for the murder mm-hmm. of his wife and son, and he's not wearing a tie. And I know that that's a choice that his defense team made, but I feel like, I don't know, I guess I'm old school. I feel like you should make an effort at church, at funerals, and when you're testifying in your own defense for murder. I feel like you should look I a little agree dressed with you. up. But, but I agree with you also that I think that the defense told him not to wear a tie yeah. to appear make more him, like one of the people. Make him more of the people. But the other thing that they probably told him was, folksy it up, Alex. So he's on the stand oh, going, business. well, me and Booty Duty and Paul Paul yeah. went out for yeah. rum rums at the Dinky Wink. I'm like, could you I know, please stop? I know. Could you oh, just people not have been making this? fun of that. There are so many memes. There was oh, one where they, they went, just like you did, they went on and on with Kiki and, and Moo Moo and, and all of them. And I, when, when he said it, I was watching that live when he said that, and I went, okay, I know some of us do have endearment names for our kids or relatives, but this to me seems like it's to make him seem like a loving father who would never do anything like that. Did you not feel that when you were watching it? I don't know. I feel so many things while I'm watching this, including like he's probably going to get away with it. He's gonna he's gonna get away way with the gun gun shooty shoot on the Paul <laughs> Paul and the wifey wife and the winky dink at the chicken farm. Like what? Yeah, I don't even I know. know what to think. I I hate to say it. I, I really hate to say this, but I think he's going to get away with it too. I don't think they're going. They're going to have somebody on that jury that's going to buy the pop off thing. The that's jury jury's going to give the acquittal acquittal to the Alex Walex for the shooty shoot of his wifey wife and Paul Paul. Like what? It's something. It is. I'll something. tell you what. If you did that on the stand, it would not yeah. go your way. Oh no! Oh no! They take me away right away. Liar! It's Bob and Sherry. You read it once. Don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this. Shit. I cannot believe this. I read a really interesting article, Bob, about conversation, about how people are either there are two types. You're a giver in a conversation or you're a taker. And I really thought of you because they described like what it's like to be in a conversation with a taker. And you've, mm-hmm. we've had this exchange so many times in, in um, all of our years together. Like Bob will be, you know, at an event or an airplane or some, or on a plane or something. And somebody will strike up a conversation with him. And Bob will say, that person just talked my ear off. They never once asked me. I do an interesting job. They never asked me about my job. I told them what I did. And they were like, oh, that's interesting. And then just kept going. How many times has that happened to you? 
Oh, I've had that happen with uh, people within our business at, in meetings. Oh, yeah. I, like, I've had an idea for something and, and this person just uh, plows over me. Just plows. So, so givers in conversation think mm-hmm. that conversations are a series of invitations. I ask you a question. I invite you to tell me something about yourself. Then I share something, then back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Takers mm-hmm. um, end up, givers end up asking more questions because they believe, givers believe that's how you have a conversation. Takers believe not in asking questions, but in making declarations. And right. I feel like you have found yourself in this situation more than almost anybody I know, right? Where you're trying to have a conversation you're asking questions and you're trying to draw the person out and you're mm-hmm. getting nothing. It's like you're talking to a wall on the other side. And Although and, I, I would rather have a taker to talk to like at a party or something like that. I'd rather have that than a person who um, gives you nothing. There's no volleying back and forth. They, it's just, Oh, you know, and there's for whatever reason they, they're, they're just not talkative. Maybe they're shy or whatever. For me, they're, they're hard to deal with. Where at least with a taker, there's some action going on. And I might be able to get in there a little bit. Well, and, I'm, and I'll post this on our Facebook, but it's the interesting point that was made in this about givers and takers in conversation is no matter what you do for a job, you have to learn to be both. You have to be ambidextrous because when you're talking to somebody who's above you in the power chain, you mm-hmm. have to be a giver, right? Mm-hmm. You know that. Like we, we used to call it, like we'd get hauled in because the CEO would be in town, that cotton-headed ninny muggins, as Buddy the Elf would say. Um, and we would be forced to entertain him and it was all give, give, give. Remember? Right. Remember those totally. days? Totally. So when you're dealing with someone who has more power than you, you have to be a giver. And then, you know, when people are dealing with you and you have more power than them, then you get to be a taker. But you have to learn how to do both. You have to learn how to immediately read the situation and go, oh, I'm with it. I'm with a taker. This is going to be a really hard conversation. I'm going to have to work harder. And then you have to learn when it's your turn to let the other person ask the questions and drive all of that. And as I read this, I thought, I don't know that I ever want to work in a big, crowded office environment again as long as I live. This is just so... Like you don't even realize how exhausting juggling all of those unwritten rules of dealing with other people you work with are until you don't have to really do it anymore. Have you ever thought I, about I that? understand. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And the idea, especially if you were working from, from home and now you're back in the office and you have to go through these hoops again. But I do worry about society in general losing their practice of dealing with different types of people. I mean, if, if you're at home all the time and you know, it's, it's your spouse and you, for the most part, uh, do you lose some of those skills, social skills? You know, I don't know, because unless you're completely cut off from the world, aren't you still having to use all of those skills every day on the phone and video chats and, it's different and, though. And, and all of that. In, per, in, in person is different, I think. There's body language. You know, you have to have a certain courage to look somebody straight in the eye, 
Um, it's knowing when to leave an area, leave a room, leave a meeting, you know, and for a lot of us, that's gone. That is, that is gone completely. And for young people, maybe they never really had that experience. I'm not saying it's always fun. I mean, I, I, you and I have kidded, have uh, kidded each other on the air where at one point with the old station, the people we were working with, not all, but some were so miserable that I would go out of the studio to go down to our office. And if I saw a certain person coming down the hallway, I would just duck into somebody's office and start a conversation. Because that's how much I didn't want to talk to he or she, right? Here's another way to look at it that it's a little more positive and cheerful. Okay, yeah, um, we're going to lose some social skills that we've had of being navigating with people at work that you may not love necessarily, but you have to, blah, 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 blah. But we're going to gain other new skills to replace it. And maybe some of those skills we don't need as much as we thought we did. Like we mm-hmm. don't need, we don't need to be as skillful at being completely phony as we thought we did. Maybe mm-hmm. we're picking up other skills that are more valuable instead. Well, in I the same so. way we were just, we were just talking about Alex Murdoch testifying in his defense in his murder trial, not wearing a tie. And to us, that looks like, wow, if you're not going to wear a tie here, where are you wearing a tie? Yeah, but maybe we need, maybe we need to let go of the idea that a tie means anything. Right? Maybe we're clinging to something that no longer has any value. We just need to let it go. I think the lawyer revisiting that thing about him not wearing a tie, I've been thinking about that. I think the lawyer said there's probably going to be a couple of people on that jury for whom uh, wearing a tie means you think you're better than me. But if you wear a sport jacket with a you know collared shirt, they probably won't think that. And you'll still look respectful. I guess. I mean, maybe just showing up in a shirty shirt and a Cody coat makes you look like (laughs) one of the guys. I have no idea. I think it does. It's a a suicide risk and they wouldn't let him have a tie. That's a good point. Even in the courtroom. I mean, they don't let you have it in your cell. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, let's face it. Who wears who even this is what I mean when I say maybe we need to let go of it. Maybe it just doesn't Mm -hmm. mean what it used to mean. And we're just Mm -hmm. hanging on to a tradition. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. We haven't gone crazy on the Murdoch trial on the Bob and Sherry show. We've mentioned it a few times because there's just not a lot of laughs with a double murder. But um, you may have seen online uh, T-shirts that say, don't trust your soul to no backwoods Southern lawyer. They're, They're all over my feeds. And if you're not familiar with what that comes from, it's a song that was originally recorded by Vicki Lawrence, who was like the little sister to Carol Burnett. She had like a number one hit with that. But the song is really owned by Reba McIntyre. And let's listen to it. Andy Bolo said hello. He said hi. What's the wind? Whoa, said sit down. I got some bad news that's going to hurt. Said I'm your best friend and you know that's right. But your young bride ain't home tonight. Since you've been gone, she's been seeing that Amos boy Seth. Now he got mad and he saw red. And he said, boy, don't you lose your head. Cause to tell you the truth, I've been with her myself. That's the night that the lights went out in Georgia. 
It took a uh, New York minute for that uh, to appear on T-shirts. And uh, Reba, I think, really did the best job with that song. I remember when it came out, I was a teenager, and I, Vicki Lawrence, as I said, was the singer. She's on the Carol Burnett Show. She's a comedian. And I went, what is this stuff? What is this corny thing? But then Reba gets a hold of it, and it's a whole different song. So there you go. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code Radio 10. We want to celebrate you and your bestie by sending you on an incredible trip together. How does this sound? We're going to fly you to Tampa. We're going to hook you up with a rental car. You're going to stay for three nights at the Don Cesar. You're going to have tickets to the Clearwater Marine Aquarium and the Dolly Museum and dinner aboard the yacht Starship Cruise. We don't care who your bestie is. We, we don't care. Your bestie can be anybody. Your mom, your wife, your sister, your childhood friend. Just post a picture of the two of you at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com and you could win this incredible Best Friends Florida Flyaway Vacation. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. There are so many articles, both online and in newspapers and magazines, about how to find peace, how to find balance in your life, how to be grateful. And here are some of the reasons in your life, folks, dear listeners, to be cheerful. And here we go. You have your own teeth and hair. You've had a solid upbringing. You own a home and don't rent. You've had a happy childhood. You have a great relationship. You've met your soulmate. You're always loved. And you've always been loved. Your car is owned outright. You have not resorted to plastic surgery or fillers. You have no money problems. Outside of Tom Hanks, who are they describing? Are, are, is there someone who's supposed to embody all of these? Because yes. what? Yes. That was the whole point of this. Reasons for you to be cheerful. I could grab a couple of them, but um, I, yeah, most of them I wouldn't could, apply. I, I could grab, I think, like, well, uh, like you had a happy childhood. I'm going to give that a 50% thing. <laughs> Right there. I can't, I can't take the whole thing. Who in the world has all of that? I don't know anybody that has all of that. Can I just tell you, I think that that, is, that thing should not be named reasons to be cheerful. It should be named, let's don't talk about this because this doesn't apply to most of us. It's true. I, I could see some. Like, yeah, I think some, if you have some. Maybe half. Or, or even just a couple of those things, that would be a good reason to be cheerful. Like if you've if you're loved and you've always been loved, then you win, mm-hmm. right? You, you win, you're yeah. Good with, you're good with everything yeah. else. I just don't. I, I'm looking at all of these things again, and I know people who are very fortunate and have quite a bit of money, but they don't have all of these other things. I don't even think you, they should include your own teeth and hair. I mean, come on. Um, I have to. I have to ask. Don't take this the wrong way. Are you sure you read it right? In order to be cheerful, you have to have all of that. <laughs> Can you look again? Because no, you know how you just, are with the direct. You know how you are with following directions. You know these are, are reasons to be cheerful. So you may they're not all, have them. It's just reasons to be grateful. Yeah, but they're but they're all coupled together, 
And how I'm reading it is, you know, all of these things have landed on, on certain, a small amount of people. And um, I don't know anyone that has all of that. I know people that are wealthy, but they are not married to their soulmate. I know people I, who had a solid upbringing, but they don't own their home. Listen, um, ordinarily, it would not make you feel better for me to say, I think you didn't follow the directions. But this time, I think it'll make you feel better that you didn't follow the directions. I, I don't see how this is. I don't see how anybody has all of these things. I, I don't think that. Max, do you think that, that this list is meant to be no, like... No, I, I have to tell you, when he was starting to name it off, and I went, I don't have that. No, I don't have that. I don't, I don't have, have that. that. I don't I have, have that. that. And I went, boy, yeah, I, I am know. not doing well here. I you got know. about three of them. Three out of yeah, I uh, think, out of ten. I, I there were think no directions. For, They're just reasons to be cheerful. This was... I, I think that you, if you have some or, or a couple of them, you could be cheerful. I think you did this wrong, and I think it's in all of our best interest for you to agree that you did this wrong. Because otherwise, you've that. got so many people that are sitting here going, well, me, uh, why do I even bother? Well, that's not my fault. That was I'm so just, depressing. I'm just, don't, don't, kill the, uh, don't kill the messenger here. I think reasons, you know what, this show is so annoying. Now we're going to, now we're going to, now we're going to sit here and debate. Reasons to be cheerful. Do you have to have all of these reasons? Do you have to have some of these reasons? Can you? How many of these reasons is the bare minimum? <sighs> to be cheerful? That's a very good question, but it's not in this article. I don't know. What Out of all of those, how many of them would be um, a reason to be a cheerful person? How many would you have to have in there? I mean, I'm, I think, I'm looking at, you've met your soulmate. Yeah, I think if you can answer yes to "I am loved," you're done. You win. Everything else is gravy. That's what I think. I think yeah, you need maybe one true. of those. Yeah, out of, out of all you, of those, yeah. If, if you have wealth and your car is paid off and nobody loves you and you don't love anybody, nah, that doesn't feel good to me. You know, um, you know what's interesting about that loved thing? It says you've always been loved. I think there are people there, that were not loved a long time and then, you know, all of a sudden they found hopefully their soulmate. But there are people who have always been loved and those people are very, very rich because, mm -hmm. they, because they were always loved. They got to start the game of life right there on the starting blocks with a good mm -hmm. night's sleep and a good breakfast. When mm -hmm. you have not been loved, especially in childhood, you can mm -hmm. spend your whole life chasing shadows trying to capture that because it, what it comes down to a happy you know what is the ingredient for a happy childhood are you ready it's being loved that's true yeah that's all that's that is true. i don't care how many bmx bikes you had and how many vacations your family went on if you were not a loved child that was not a happy childhood yeah that's you. very true love that's right it's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. When I was a little girl growing up out west, um, the older kids and some of the adults would tell you stories about this ghost town that was just across the mountains in northwestern Idaho. And it was a town called Silver City. And it got its name because it was a mining town, right? And it's even on the National Register of Historic Places. It was 
booming in the 1880s. Um, people in the gold rush, you know, were racing out west to make their fortunes. And mm-hmm. in Silver City, Idaho, there were busy active silver mines, but they were also people that were finding gold. And so at its peak, this little town in the wilderness had over 2,000 people and like dozens and dozens of businesses and it was thriving and it was a boom. And then the silver mines busted out and the town was abandoned. And when I was a kid, I was fascinated by the stories that the older kids, like the, the teenagers and the old guys a little bit older than my big brother, because they, they could go up there on horseback. They could hike up there and take horseback and snowmobiles. And all of the buildings were still there. Like you would be, you'd have to traverse some pretty rough terrain, but then you would come through the tree line and you would be in a completely abandoned ghost town. Tell me as a kid, you wouldn't have been fascinated by that. Oh, I would have loved have, it. I would go there all oh the time gosh. with my friends. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, Listen, we, well, a buddy of mine and I discovered a, a house in the woods that nobody knew about. I think I was around 13. And uh, I asked my mother, do you, know that the, uh, do, you, do you know about this house that's in the, the woods right down the street from us here? She had no idea. The thing was, you know, covered up by uh, trees. We couldn't get enough of going in there. I love abandoned places. I follow so mm-hmm. many photographers on Instagram who shoot in abandoned locations. As a child, I wanted to go to Silver City Idaho and see that ghost town and I used to that you could I knew like because the kids would point they'd be like you see that like right like all the way but x number of miles back and I would think could I could I walk there could I do that on my own of course I couldn't it was tens of miles and bears and whatnot but here's something that you can do now the partially restored Idaho hotel is open in Silver City and there are 13 rooms and you can stay in this ghost town. Now, wow. when I say when I say rustic, let me tell you, it's rustic. Most of those 13 rooms are unheated. The hotel is 100% dependent on solar energy. Three other little businesses have opened up in town. There is no electricity in Silver City. There are no gas or service stations. Um, so, you know, Gas up your car or your uh, feed your horse because you're real, real limited. But once you get there, you can actually spend the night in this old silver mining town hotel in a real Western ghost town. Why does this to me sound like the plot of a teenage slasher movie? It really does, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> you know, you know, it's it would be so break. easy. Yeah. Spring break and a bunch of us are going to this ghost town. Woo! We're going to exactly. stay in the Idaho hotel. And then yeah. one by one, they're picked off by the yeah. vengeful spirit of a silver miner who lost everything trying to strike it rich. And, and you can't tell whether anything. or not the guy who checked you in is part of the uh, killing spree, right? Because he's mm-hmm. kind of creepy. That's very so cool. cool. It's yeah. so cool. This is the sort of thing I could talk Kevin into this in a minute. He would agree to go stay in a ghost town, but you know you got to get to Silver City, Idaho, and right. that is that's a big that's a easy. big long yeah. journey all by itself. So yeah, I just mm-hmm. thought I would share that because it's very few ghost towns in America where you can actually check in and spend the night. It's Bob and Sherry. Now let's open up the Bob and Sherry archive vault oh my goodness you blew the seduction 
And Julie joins us right now. Hi, Bob and Sherry. This is your husband, though, we're talking about. Yes, it is. What did he do? I'm a very sweet, quiet Southern girl, and I mm-hmm. thought I'd do something really kind of wild for my husband. Mm-hmm. And so I dressed in beautiful black lingerie and covered myself partially in honey. Oh, uh, wow. Yes, and so I then called my husband, who was just working 10 minutes away, uh-huh. and said, you know, you need to come home now, and he couldn't. And he, he, normally he would have run home without the car, So what did so he couldn't come home for an hour, and I was like, I'm not sitting here for an hour. And yeah, honey, yeah, yeah. So he lost that chance. He lost that chance. I, did you ever back tell on it, him? I would have waited until I called, you know. Would she? Well, you know, you learned. She was yeah. this. She'd never done anything like this yeah. before. She right, didn't know exactly. the rules. I was like you said. I was trying to do something very, you know, un- you know, unusual yeah. and yeah. new and exciting. And- did, yeah. did you ever share with him what he missed? Oh yes, I told him what I had. I was like, look, do you not understand? I'm covered in honey. I'm uh, wearing black lingerie and I'm partially covered in honey. And what yeah. did he say to that? Easily, he almost cried. <laughs> I bet he did. The poor yeah. guy. I bet he did. But I will be there as soon as I can, but my boss won't let me go. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, well, you yeah. tell him that I am partially covered in honey. Right, <laughs> that I is did. so cute, Julie. I know, it is. So then you just took a shower and put your uh, sweats back on, and that was that? Yes. Mm. I did it for him again another time. but You did? Yes. First you called, though, because that's what I would have done. I would have called first, make oh, sure. Oh, yes, you... I learned my lesson. Oh, yeah, like I would cover myself in honey at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you would. If a woman wanted that, you would. Oh, yes, Bob would in a heartbeat. He would, yeah. <laughs> I can't picture myself doing that. Just pick, pick, all right, pick one of them. He'd be worried about getting it out of the sheets, yeah. I would be. You would yeah, be. Yeah. I, I got two pairs of sheets. We know you so well. I know. You know. Uh, Julie, take care now. Listen. Well, thank you. All right. Bye-bye, Very bye, nice Julie. to meet you. Listen bye. to this email from Christina. Um, she's listening to us on Q98. She writes, this was the second time we had been intimate. I decided to dress in a teddy and wait by the door for him to get there. I put a blindfold around his eyes. I led him ever so slowly to the bedroom. I began to kiss him head straight to toe. Midway in, he made an odd sound that sounded like a sigh, which did nothing for my very borderline self-esteem. I had a panic attack and sprinted from the room and never saw him again. (laughs) My sister, Christina. What was that? What could that sigh? You know what it sounds? There's two kinds of a sigh. There's, Uh and then there's. (sighs) Oh, he thought it was a chore. Or that's what she interpreted as. Oh, Angela's here. Hi, Angela. Angela, would you, if you had the opportunity, seduce Bob? Certainly. A bit of a pause there. A bit of a pause there, Angela. I think there was no certainly. Certainly, yes, that'll be fine. I'll do your taxes. (laughs) Sure, that's fine. Here. Yeah. Sit over there and read a magazine. I'll do your taxes. Don't worry. So, Angela, you blew the seduction. Um, Well, it was a combination of the two. It was kind of uh, environmental. that blew the seduction. We went to the cabin for Valentine's Day, and we checked in late. I went upstairs, uh, had taken a radio, put some music on, lit some candles. There was a big, nice jacuzzi tub. Um, I started running the water, and I stepped out onto the balcony. And um, he came out onto the balcony uh, after he had unloaded the car. He shut the door, and we were locked out of the cabin. Oh, no. What were you oh, wearing? Yeah. What were you wearing? Um, minimal. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. And it's February because it's Valentine's yeah, Day. It's yeah, it's cold. It's very cold, and you know, I, I was afraid that the the tub was going to run over, and we were oh, going to have yeah. to pay for the whole cabin. This is what would happen to me. 
Plus, my allergies would kick in from the mustiness of the cabin. I know it. And then you've got the honey on you. And the honey is on me. And I'm there. What what did you have? No, seriously, what did you have on and what did he have on out there? Uh, He was still fully dressed. Oh, he was? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But I was not. I didn't have shoes on. All I had on was, uh, like, little shorts. And uh, bra and you know yeah, yeah. panties. That's, so, that's so, all I had. So what happened? He had to go over the uh, the balcony and go get help. Yeah. Well, no. Um, of course, everything is closed. You know, the office and everything because it's oh, late and we checked in. So what did he do? Um, he went to his car, got a tire tool, tried to pry a window open, and I'm like, "You are going to break a window." Um, I ended up after his repeated failed attempts. I ended up just kind of leaning back against the balcony mm-hmm. and kicking the door in and it broke the deadbolt off i didn't, really didn't know i was so powerful i didn't know i could do something. wow that's impressive i was desperate it was getting cold i'd be um, out of my mind the water is going to overflow <laughs> that's what i was afraid of i know i'm like you know and i considered the options well yeah. you know we're going to have to pay for the door yeah you have to pay for something something is going to have to be paid for yes yeah. <laughs> um so he spent the rest of the weekend um, fixing the door, <laughs> and uh, I spent a lot of time in the tub alone with a book. <laughs> oh, Angela! Yeah. Wow, are you guys still together? Um, actually, we um, we broke up for a while, and we got back together just recently. And um, we're going to see if we have a Valentine's Day like last year. So you are together again? <laughs> yes, we are. How long were you apart? Uh, two months. That's a well, good luck. I mean, time. we're a couple we're a couple weeks away from Valentine's yeah. Day. What are you planning at this point? Um, actually, we don't have anything planned right now. But I was thinking another cabin would be great. I'm thinking a skeleton key too. <laughs> I keep that on me. You're going to go back to the scene of the crime. Impressive. Yes. Yeah. 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 We were concerned that they were going to charge his credit card, but he mm-hmm. did such a good job fixing the door. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it, it, they didn't charge his credit card, and, you know, I'm not going to say where it was. <laughs> That's a useful man to have around who can fix the door after you kick it in. <laughs> so how, Absolutely. How, how many guys were you with during those uh, two, two months? months? None. Well, that's good. Did he date anybody? Uh, actually, yeah, he did. The weekend that I moved back in, he had a date on uh, on Sunday. That's awkward. Uh, yeah, I hope yeah, he canceled awkward. it. <laughs> no, he went out on the date, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. As you were moving and, into and you his waited house, for him? he went out on a date? Yes, as a matter of fact. That's because she wanted to break it up before. I don't and know so that I had like to get that, on. Angela. He had to get on with his life. No, he had to get on with his life, and she, then they decided. She's moving back into his house, well, and he's out on a work, date? It takes uh-uh. time to work these things uh-uh. out. I don't it like it as your friend. It takes time to work like it out. It. Now, give the guy a break, will you? Okay. Well, we ruined another, uh, another marriage, and no. that wasn't even ours. <laughs> The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. I don't follow celebrities very much. Uh, Once in a while, if there's a celebrity we've had in the studio, especially, I kind of take a look. And one of them is Madonna. And of course, about a week ago, uh, she was all over the news uh, debuting her new look, which I'm just going to say it. A lot of people thought was kind of strange that uh, they couldn't even tell it was Madonna at one point. So. Here's the latest with uh, Madge. Madonna is reportedly in talks with a company called Pretty Little Thing as she prepares to launch her own range with the fashion brand. In the surprise move, she reportedly is trying to connect with a younger audience 
after gaining a popular presence on TikTok. A showbiz insider who knows of that has said that uh, they are certain the uh, tie-up between Madonna and Pretty Little Thing could be a success. Here, here's my question. Why would she want to try to develop a younger following? Why not say, okay, I'm going to have a brand of clothing for a 50-year-old woman. And Madonna is what? What's her age? No, 64. 64 years old. Why not go after the folks who followed her when she was coming up, when they were teenagers? They loved Madonna. Serve them because, they, you know, I just don't see my girls, you know, getting excited about uh, a Madonna brand. I'm not, I'm not because, a woman, so, I mean, what do you think? Because, A, Madonna has never been about nostalgia or the past. And, B, um, Madonna would have a tough time selling clothing to 50-year-old women who are like, Madge, I don't know, I'm at the point in my life where I don't want to wear a bra at all, much less a pointy one. And um, <laughs> BDSM, that's fine on a Friday night. I can't wear it to work, right? Yeah. The, if you think about the Madonna aesthetic, what about that screams Coles and JCPenney to you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She doesn't um, like nostalgia. She doesn't want to be a catalog act. She wants but, to be on the cutting edge and hyper relevant. But it's not working. It, it really isn't working. Well, I don't uh, think. Uh, 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 you don't know that yet. We haven't even released the clothing line. We'll see. I, I think I think it's a little sad that at that point she wants to sell to somebody who's twenty years old. Do, would you say that if this were Mick Jagger or Keith Richards? Yeah. Because they, they don't, don't want to be catalog acts either. Yeah, but they know they are. They haven't had a hit song in, in years and years and years. I mean, they, they play the same songs. From, but they no, still write and record new music. I mean, Madonna is not going to sell clothing for 50-year-olds and 50-year-olds ain't going to buy clothing Madonna sells. She's doing the one. I see what you're if, saying. If you're, if you're going to be in this world, she's doing the right thing. Whether or not it works, we don't know yet. Man, right. I, I, people have lost money betting against her. I'll say that. This is Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.